Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD Podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi, Lana. Hi, Sam. Okay, that was it. Was that it? Guys, we just tried to intro this four times, and unintentionally, we've been saying the same thing pretty much every time for like the last, you know, couple seasons. And then for some reason, it's kind of like when you are riding a bike or doing something from muscle memory, and then you start thinking about what you're doing, and then you get all tripped up. I started thinking about what Alana always says every time, and then I was convinced that she said the wrong thing. So (laughs) we're sorry on the stumbly intro. That took us seriously five takes. It's, you know, we're, we're doing it. We're here. We're going. Last week, we recorded a great episode for you guys. And guess what? My mic wasn't plugged in. So oh God, it was heartbreaking, heartbreaking, because it was a good episode, too. So we're just going to talk about kind of the same stuff. So you'll still get the juicy content. And honestly, it might even be better because we always go away from this. And Alana, especially since she's so knowledgeable about ADHD and like definitely brings the more like scientific and like therapy type of helpful advice to this I feel like Alana you get into this a lot where it's like you'll we'll record an episode and then you'll do some more thinking about it and be like oh I wish I would have said this or we could have talked about this so this is like kind of good honestly yeah no it definitely well thank you for saying that by the way but yeah it gives us like a lot of time to just think and reflect and ruminate even more but pretty much what we're going to talk about is all around the question of why is it so dysregulating to have plans change as an ADHD individual? Like having our expectations of something change when someone changes plans, when just things don't go the way that we think it should go. Like, why is that the most just overwhelming and dysregulating feeling in the world? Two weeks, two weekends ago. So not this past weekend when you guys are listening to this, but the weekend before I flew back to Kansas city and it was really, really bad weather. So it was bad weather in Austin. It didn't actually end up being bad weather. It's just, you know, Texas winter where they say it was so funny. Kansas city was getting like two feet of snow and like the feels like temperature outside was negative 20 or something. And Austin was supposed to get one one hundredth of an inch of ice and both cities like completely shut down. Like, it was so funny to me. But um, yeah, so my flights going out to Kansas City from Austin, one was canceled. And so then I was rebooked the next day, which, you know, wasn't a huge deal. It was a little annoying. But then my flights from Kansas City back to Austin were delayed by 15-minute increments for three and a half hours. It was maddening. And I was, like, sobbing in the airport because I think my thing is, like, When I need to get somewhere, like I needed to get back to Austin because of my dog and my job. And, you know, there was a lot of things I needed to do. Getting to Kansas City for the weekend was irritating that I couldn't get there on time. But like I didn't have anything that I absolutely needed to do. But like I felt the rising panic of like if my and it was a night flight too coming back to Austin. So I was like, if it's delayed, I'm going to miss work tomorrow. Wally doesn't have anywhere to stay. What am I going to do? Like I start spiraling. Yeah. And the nighttime stuff is hard too, because I don't know about you, but I'll get fixated on like, well, I need this many hours of sleep in order to feel like a decent, alive human being tomorrow. And if I can't get that number 
of hours. Like you're just watching the time change. That happens a lot. This is completely not as big of a deal as what you're describing, but the subway is here in New York. Like it'll say like three minutes and then it'll keep saying delayed, but it'll, you think it's three minutes and then all of a sudden you've waited so long and it's just, it's so frustrating, but there's a lot of different reasons that this is just so overwhelming. I think first, just to start the part of our brain that's responsible for like switching gears, going from one task to another, transitioning between things. You know, we use the part of our brain that's responsible for flexible thinking, like cognitive flexibility. And for us, like, there's a lot of reasons why that's just a lot, whether we're fixating on the things that, like the plans that we expect to happen, or sometimes um, it's the fact that we just get so overstimulated too, you know? Like, I can't even imagine how it felt dealing with all that in the airport just you don't even have like a quiet space you're just around a ton of people like that was probably not helpful either no it wasn't and it's like hard too because no one knows anything yeah I don't know I I don't have flight anxiety you know like I am very comfortable flying you know I'm actually like taking a huge trip this week on an 18-hour plane flight. Well, it's not really because we're stopping over halfway in Hawaii. So it's like 10 hours and another 10 hours, like being trapped in a metal tube, 30,000 feet in the air does not bother me that much. And I've learned coping mechanisms for dealing with like turbulence and, you know, like, so I'm fine with that. It's the not knowing how my day is going to pan out that really bothers me a lot, you know, and I don't know what happened because on last weekend when I was struggling so much with the not knowing thing and the plans changing, I was thinking back and I was like in college and stuff, I went to school out of state, you know, and it was a two plane flight type of school. Like there was no direct flights. It never used to bother me when flights were canceled. I mean, it was a little annoying, but I wasn't, I don't remember being so affected by it, but I feel like the older I've gotten, the more anxious I've gotten about a lot of things. And I feel a lot more rigid, you know? And I think we can apply this to just like having any type of set plans, expectations, thinking that something is going to go a certain way and like having that pan out in a certain way in our minds. And then when that doesn't match up, it kind of just feels like nothing's manageable. I was trying to think like, I've never thought of myself as a type A personality person. Like Mm -hmm. I don't. I and don't either, to be honest. Me, you're saying. No, I mean, I don't think of you that way, and I don't think of myself that way. Like, neither of us are the type of people to, in a group, we aren't going to jump to do the planning. Right. I guess I feel like you're more type A and, like, organized than Weirdly me. enough, I think I do it in an out-of-control I don't, I don't enjoy it. Like, I wonder, we have to make a definition of type A. Do you think type A people enjoy it? And that's what makes them type A? Or is it a compulsion? Or is it both? I don't know. But that's, it's funny you say that, because that's exactly what I wanted to bring up. Like, is this part of me, my personality? Or is this an ADHD coping mechanism? And what I mean by that is, you know, when I was talking to my boyfriend about different plans for his birthday, and you know, I want so bad to be the type of person, like I'm kind of fine doing anything. I'm so happy staying home. I'm so happy going out. I I just need to mentally prepare whatever Mm -hmm. it is. 
is fine. I just need to mentally prepare and like know and think about it and be able to manage my time really well. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, I think it's because I have everything planned out to like the minute down to like, I don't do things ahead of time. I'm going to get ready an hour before, like right when I have to, you know, so when people don't tell me the plans or don't tell me exactly what to expect, I can't do that. It's almost like I don't trust myself because of my lack of time management skills. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I need to know because I just simply don't trust myself. It helps me control this part of the plans that I always mess up, which is like being late or taking too long, you know? I mean, yes, for me, it's not so much a timing thing. It's the feelings that go along with it. So like, for instance, when I went home two weekends ago, my mom was in town too. We, I wanted to go to my favorite restaurant in Kansas City, which is where I'm from. It's this French place and it's really cute and cozy. And there's kind of not, in Kansas City isn't the type, it's a big enough city. Like there's a lot of people, there's a lot of school districts. You know, it's not DC or New York, you know, but you know, it's like big enough. It's smaller mm-hmm. than Chicago, but bigger than what people think Kansas City is. Like you've been. And, um, but there's not like a wealth of restaurants all the time. Like it's the it's yeah. a Midwest city. Things shut down by 9, 9.30, you know, stuff like that. I really wanted to go to this one specific French place. And I don't get to go back to Kansas City as much anymore. So like it, I was really excited. And then the one day that my mom and I could go, they were closed. And okay. but we still wanted to go out to dinner. And I felt like a tamper tantrum bubbling up inside of me. Not that I wanted to put that on my mom, but I, she was like, well, where do you want to go? I was like, I don't know. I don't even care. Whatever. It's fine. You know? And I hate feeling like that, like that anger and frustration and stuff. Like that's not a comfortable feeling for me. So I don't necessarily mind my getting ready time being cut in half or the timing being off. I hate the way I feel when that happens. And like, logically, I'm like, it's not a huge deal that this restaurant's closed. It's just food. I'll get it next time I'm there. You know, I I will be back. But I got, I get so angry and indignant, you know? Totally. And I think that taps into like the emotional dysregulation piece of it. Like the fact that these emotions can just like flood our brain all at once and our brain doesn't really filter them out as much. And what's so frustrating about that too is like, what you just said, logically, you know that it doesn't really matter that you can't go to that restaurant. Yeah. But like, there's still those feelings there. And that's like, I struggle with this a lot because I'm like, I know that this one thing shouldn't hurt my feelings, or I know that this one thing shouldn't get me upset, or I shouldn't feel this bad about myself. That doesn't really matter. I still do, you know? I don't know how to make it go away either because like I want to be more flexible and I've noticed this too since living alone and moving to a new city I don't know what has happened but I have turned a lot more like anxiously inclined than I used to be Mm -hmm. like things happen and I'm like what does this mean for the future what does this say about me you know whether it's small like plans getting changed or major like I don't know issues with other people or you know feeling inadequate like all the things that we deal with as adults but it's just kind of like I don't know when I got so difficult to deal with I guess 
And the other thing that I think about like plans changing and stuff like that, that we should talk about is like traveling. You and I are lucky where we travel very, very well together. Like our friendship was born off of international travel. Yeah. But like I was just in Germany over Thanksgiving and Germany has, is known for their Christmas markets. Like it's a huge thing. They're so adorable. Like it's very, very amazing, but they were all opening the day or two days after we left. And I just felt like everywhere we went was like close to being good, but it wasn't quite good. Like they were either setting up for something. So some stuff was open, but stuff wasn't open all the way, or they were completely closed or, you know, it just like, it got really frustrating because I felt like things were almost working out and then they weren't, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. Something that I think is helpful too is knowing our triggers. These things are going to maybe make us more anxious. So all we can really do is like prepare for a couple different alternatives, you know, like yeah. be like this could happen. And if this happens, it's fine, whatever. Being able to, you know, I know you called me when you were stuck and I don't know, it's just at least other people get it. Like, cause I feel like just some people saying like, oh yeah, this one thing didn't go the way I want and it makes me want to cry. Like they either get it or they don't. And if they don't get it, it can kind of make us look like what you said, like difficult when I feel like that's not what's happening. It's actually the fact that like, there's a lot of emotions or we struggle with executive functioning or we're trying yeah. to plan it perfectly to please other people. Like there's so many other things at play. Just frustrating. And I want to be able to handle it better. Like I want to be able to be the chill type of girl. But then the other thing that's really confusing to me is that I will like make plans for later in the week or two weeks or something. And then the day will come around and I'm like, I would rather die than do this. Like for instance, I do this a lot with dates. I'll have a moment where I'm like, yeah, I can put myself out there like that. I'll go on a date. Like that sounds really fun. It won't be comfortable, but like I feel ready. And then the day comes around and I'm like, I would rather burn everything in my apartment than go on this date right now. So what do you do then? No, it's hard. This is why it's hard to commit too far ahead of time. Like there has to be, it has to be the perfect amount of time. Because if someone asks me something way too far in advance, I'm like, well, I don't know how I'm going to feel that day. What if I'm tired? What if I don't have anything in my social battery? Like all these things. Yeah. But then to my point about what I was saying earlier, if I'm not given enough heads up, I can't mentally prepare for all that stuff. So like, like, what do we do? So what do you do with that? And it's also like, no one wants to hear, oh, maybe I'll be down for that. Check in with me on the day. No, no one's going to invite you anywhere. I know. I know. It's it's actually, you're so funny. That's so true. You know what the worst of it is? Half of the time, more than half the time, I'm the one setting up the plans. Yeah. I'm the one bothering you to come. And then I still don't want to do it. Well, and this is why it is nice when you have people who you can talk about. And this is also why we we even talk about this stuff. It's like, so we can articulate it with the people around us, right? Like, because I hear what you're saying. Like, you don't want to be like, no, but let's, you know, let's see tomorrow. But at the same time, like, that is kind of what I do now. Like, I'll make plans (laughs) with someone. I'm like, but can we text in the morning and see like what we're feeling? You know, like, and the people that love me, they get it. But we can't always do that. It just makes it easier when we can. And also it's like, I need someone, I need people in my life to hold me accountable to things. Otherwise I won't get them done. Like for instance, 
I love my boss. I have a wonderful boss. She's so intelligent and she's really fun to work with. And she's just a really cool person, you know, and she's good at her job. So it's all, it's like a very good situation, except for the fact that we're supposed to go into the office twice a week. And like, I am of the mindset that it is important to go into the office if you have that option and it's not like too much of a reach. Actually, no, I think it's important to go into the office. You know, like we started our jobs, we had a year and a half going into the office before COVID hit out of college, maybe two years probably. And I'm not saying that it's good to go in every single day with no flexibility. My boss will frequently be like, I'm not going to go in this week. So you guys don't have to. And I won't because it's easier not to because my right. office is like 40 minutes away and I get caught in an hour and a half of traffic and yeah. I have to deal with Wally. Like it's so much easier not to. So I haven't been to the office in two weeks, but I really need to go, but I'm not going to unless I'm pushed to do it. You know? Right. Yeah. It's actually so funny. I saw a TikTok that was saying, you know, this is how you know how old or young someone is. Is like, were you in the workforce when it was already like partially hybrid? Or are you like us, which is like, we were in the workforce when the concept of hybrid wasn't a thing like that. That was bizarre. It was you know? bizarre. But now if people are used to just that, it's like, hmm, you might be, you might be younger. That's so funny that you say that. Cause when I yeah. try and talk to my mom about like, like stupid stuff with work schedule where I'm like, I have to go in today, but I need to run and I need to do my laundry and I have to take Wally to the vet. And she'll do the most annoying thing that all of our parents do, which is like back in my day, you know, she'd be like when I was going into the office, that was a normal day, you know? And I'm like, well, great, but that's not how life such is not life anymore. Get over it. You know? Right. Well, and then we also just saw literal data that shows that people work better when they're given, you know, autonomy and flexibility and all that stuff. But you know, whatever, that's beside the point. Okay, wait. Are you watching Bachelor this season? I'm gonna try. I, I've already missed the first episode, but it's okay. I was yeah, I watched it. I don't like the intro episode, to be honest. I think it's really overwhelming and really cringy. It's so cringy, but that's kind of the point. But I was watching last night this girl who kind of met him on this live show like a few months back and they and the show gave her a date card and said, but you have to open this in the mansion the night of the first night. Like you can't open it before then, whatever. So she met him when they announced him as the next bachelor at the yeah. live show? Okay. Exactly. Like a couple people sometimes meet them. And yeah. so this girl comes and you know, that person always has a target on their back because they've already met the person, all this stuff. Is it the um, blonde girl? It's not. No, it was this other girl. But the card said that you have pretty much this like special power to get um, steal a one on one date from anyone else. That is ruthless. Terrible. Oh, my God. The girl, when she was reading it to the group and when she read it to Joey, she starts crying like she felt so bad that she's like, crying it was just really dramatic and I feel like I'm doing a terrible job explaining this like if you don't want to use it don't use it but you don't have to like cry they're not gonna like what everyone thought I don't know I haven't been on Twitter yet every season of the bachelor bachelor in paradise bachelorette something like that specifically bachelor obviously because it's one guy to like 30 girls I think I'm gonna do this if I'm single in a year I'm gonna 
I'm going to apply. But then I watched the season. And as you get more into the episodes, every single one of us is like, I would rather die than apply to this show. Yeah. Like as I got older, like I remember when I was in high school, I was like, wow, that'd be so cool. And then you start to learn more about, you know, dating and, and feeling like either like not enough or having to compete with other women, which is just a terrible thing. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, yeah, you couldn't pay me enough to ever go on this show. Ever go on it. I was talking to my mom about this yesterday. She said that she was at the dentist and the dentist was like asking her if she had any kids. She was like, yeah, I have two kids. One's 25 and the other's 28. And then she was like, I guess they're not really kids anymore. And he was like, the dentist was like, oh, are you like, do you have any grandchildren? And my mom told me this and I was in Trader Joe's like shopping for dumb stuff. And she was like, yeah. And then he asked if I had any grandkids and I like laughed out loud. And then it did make me realize like, you know it's not an inappropriate question for how old, like how old my eldest child is. And I was sitting there thinking like, ew, I don't, I'm not ready to be a mother yet. And then I said out loud to my mom, like, I hate that this is like where everyone's mind goes. And she was like, I hate that. Not that this is where everyone's mind goes, but I hate that that's where a mind goes at all. Like there's no competition here between how old you should be to have kids and all of this stuff. Like we're pitted against each other all the time. And now we're pitted against each other for how young or how old we decide to have children, which is such a monumental decision. Like I can't, there's no winning, you know? And there's always another question like, if you're not, if you're single, it's like, well, are you looking? And then if you're with someone, it's like, well, are you going to get engaged soon? And then if you're engaged, they're like, well, are you having kids yet? Like there's never, there's always another question to, it's just stupid. I found myself even doing that. I was out on Saturday night and I had met, so there was a couple there and I had met the boyfriend before, like at a different thing. And I didn't realize I knew who his girlfriend was until the girlfriend showed up on Saturday night. And I was like, Oh my God, I know your girl. Like, so it was, you know, one of those funny situations. And I turned to our mutual friend and I was like, do you think they're going to get married? And he was like, I don't know. You should ask him. And I was like thinking, and I was like, why did I ask that? Like, why is that where my mind goes? Why isn't it okay that someone is just dating? You know, I know. it's and so ingrained in us. It is. I think you're so right, like about The Bachelor and stuff. Like, I don't want to put, I'm already pitted against everyone all the time in my normal life. I don't want to put myself in a situation where, like, the point is to be pitted against each other. Literally the point. And it, it just gives so much, it's just so against everything. Like, that I, I don't know, I just, they're fighting for so much, like one sliver of attention, you know? And I get it. That's the format of the show. Like you do things to be memorable or you have conversations so they can remember you. And, but it's like, that's just like, so not how it should be, but I'm fine when it's the girl doing it. When it's the bachelorette. When it's the bachelorette and it's one girl to 30 guys. I'm like, damn, I would pay to be her. (laughs) But at the same time, I've realized that I have zero ability to manage expectations with other people and I cannot break up with someone to save my life. So I think that would be a really, really stressful situation for me. And can you imagine breaking up with 30 over the process? Like, And I've always said this. I learned this lesson when applying to college, and I've learned it 80 billion times since then. There is not one thing for everyone. I could be happy 
with hundreds of different guys, with hundreds of different qualities and combinations of everything who went to different schools and different nationalities. And you know, like what I mean, like there's not, there's not a person, hopefully there's, there's, okay, let me say, there's not the person out there for me. Hopefully there's a person out there for me that I can build a life with, but like, I am not sitting here saying that there's a perfect man, you know, who has everything on my list and that's the only man that I'll ever be with. Well, that's why it's so weird that the show just goes straight into this like engagement thing because what it, it, it creates this culture where night one, these women, or if it's the opposite way around, these men are the first night they're like, I think this could be my husband or I think this could be my wife. And it's like, look, this is a hand-picked group of 30 people out of the whole universe. The odds are, like, they might not have someone that's the right match for you in this group, yet it's, like, supposed to be. It's like, no, you get married at the end, so you have to feel that way. But I think we forget, like, numbers-wise, there's also a chance that, like, out of those 30 people, that person, there's not the right match. Like, it's just not. And my other beef with it is I think it's turned into something where people just want to make it far enough to be part of the network. Well, and I mean, even you can go on one episode and you're handed just an Instagram following. So like from a business perspective, it's different now than what it was when people were actually, when they started, like before social media existed, obviously there was fame and stuff on TV, but it wasn't like social media. Like now these women can just go on one episode and then be done and have a whole social media career. Which sounds like my nightmare, opening my social media up to people I do not know. Like I barely post because of the people I do know. (laughs) I can't even get Sam on the podcast title page. (laughs) No, because I will not make my Instagram public. I just can't do it. It's not who I am. You know, so I even wonder like, I don't think that I would be a good business match, let alone personality match for The Bachelor. Not that you guys really signed up for this analysis, but you are welcome. <laughs> well, yeah, that was kind of beside the point, but this is always it's always fun to chat about this stuff. But no. as always, send us anything you want to hear us chat about. Say hello. Yeah. Have a great week, guys. And remember, plans change. Don't be so rigid. If you're anxious, don't be. <laughs> I guess this is just one of those where we don't really have a quick fix for you. We just have to all get used to the fact that things just won't go ever. And I think just kind of knowing also the certain situations that you can deal with which the versus the ones that are really too hard to handle yeah. so that we can be more aware and like have other alternatives in place if we need or we can call our friends when we need Love to. Like when you're, as always, phone, thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's episode. You can find me on Instagram at Coaching by Alana, and you can find the podcast on Instagram at absolutely.adhd. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, write us a review so we can help share this information with more of you. Thank you so much for the support, and we will talk to you next week.